Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 is on. What's up, everybody? A little bit after 1 o'clock in the music city. Uh, it's getting warm outside, and then it's getting storm and get cold again outside. Welcome to Nashville and Tennessee and the state of December. But uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a storm of sports today right here on the show. That's safe. You don't have to go to your safe spot. You can just listen wherever you like to listen. Uh, Blaine is here. Lucas is here. Oh, man. Going to roll with you for the next couple of hours. Hey, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but there's a player who is currently involved in the waiver process, Zach Cunningham. We both watched him play at Vanderbilt. Then we watched him play the Tex- with the Texans and play the Titans a couple times a year. And that guy tackled everything that moved. Well, yeah. the Texans continue to just say, nah. We'll just eat dead cap. See you later. Yeah. You know what I hate, too, what they said on the way out the door? Like, he didn't fit. Like, like he was some bad character guy. Right. I, I, you know, I, I don't I don't like that. Be gagans, smack your hands and move on. Maybe he didn't want to be part of a rebuilding process. Uh, you know, maybe he got injured and then he came back and y'all told him, well, we're going to stick with the guys we got going. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. Huh? Okay, well, then let me go then. We'll see uh, what the league says. So, and then he has a $10 million guarantee contract, I mean, w- with his contract. For the next season, so I think he'll go through waivers, uh, and I think the Titans should definitely look at him, uh, in particular because you know they got some injury issues there at linebacker, and even if you're looking for him, uh, be on practice squad to, to play next year, even uh, even though he'll be a free agent if you brought him in. So I just like his skill set. He's long, athletic. Uh, you know, you know he. He knows where the ball is. You know, he's one of those ball magnet guys. So he's a bigger version of David Long, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, with length who can cover. So yeah, I, I like all his traits. Really good player. And what? Let's just say he passes because there. Some people are saying there's no way he gets through waivers. Other are reporting it like there's no way he that he will not pass through waivers. Well, I think say, that's that ten million guarantee for next year, even if he got injured and couldn't play. I injury, think that's yeah. that's going to play a part. Unless he say, they say renegotiate that. Well, I wouldn't. Uh, he's got 275000 remaining on his base salary, so he cost you essentially nothing this year. But like you said, uh, over the cap reported he has a $10 million injury guarantee that's attached to his current contract. Yeah, He's 20. He's What's today? That, he's, he's not that old. It's December 9th. He's still 26. He won't be 27 until mm-hmm. December 12th. All I remember is him making that fourth down play at Georgia versus Georgia on the run play. Do you remember that, Lucas? You probably were, you probably were still in your uh, – your walker, but yeah. you don't remember that. <laughs> it looked like he, he materialized he out of nowhere. He, he he wasn't watching them. Well, that was definitely James Franklin era, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would have been like twenty eleven. No, I was I was here. It was oh. after James Franklin. I never was here when James Franklin was here. Oh, uh, it was it was might have been Mason's first year because this is probably his uh, sixth year, six or seventh. It had to have been with because Derek he was Mason. A second round I, pick. I, I was yeah, here with this guy. He was a. Really oh, he's only twenty six. Yeah, it feels like he's been in the league for forever. Yeah, I'm. I'm just guessing. Yeah, no, he he entered the league in 2017. So you're right. Yeah. It was it was Derek Mason. Yeah, because I he, I mean he just stood out with Vanderbilt's his their team. I mean he was <laughs> he was he was a special talent. Almost like how did I get him? <laughs> but they had him. He had almost so 200 tackles as a time. senior at Pinson Valley High School in Alabama. 2016 versus Georgia. Uh, that's If you just search Zach, Gunning, Zach Cunningham, Georgia, it comes up Georgia 2016. There's a video on YouTube. Uh, fantastic college player. He led the league in tackles last year. He led the league in tackles yeah. last year. And they just cut him loose. Now, I know he missed a COVID test or whatever. Uh, you know, they said, like you said, he wasn't fitting the culture and he was yeah. – uh, he was benched for a quarter earlier this season for violating team rules. He was inactive last Sunday in a loss to the Colts. Uh, he did lead the NFL in tackles. 
again, he's not even 27 yet. As you said, if he's a bigger David Long, what if that dude passes through waivers? Mike Vrabel knows the guy because they would have worked together on the Texans. And, I mean, he knows him. It would have yeah. been there, but I guess, a right. year I together. I didn't think about that. I mean, yeah. So, so Vrabel knows the guy. What if you had David Long and then you had a bigger David Long because – Rashawn Evans and, and Jalen Brown, you pointed this out a couple of days ago. They're both free agents. Yeah. You're going to have to think about something at the linebacker position. You could get last year's leading tackler in the building and, and maybe for a manageable contract amount going forward. Uh, I mean. Yeah, why wouldn't he want to come uh, you know, to a city he knows yep. as well as a division that he's played in? And uh, he, he's a, probably a quick learner being that he, you know, he played at Vanderbilt and went to Vanderbilt. So, uh, yeah, you know. And I don't know how much is true of what they're saying or not. Now, what happens is sometimes guy gets disgruntled that is a good character guy because you've told him something that he didn't like, and that's probably we're we're not we're not we're moving on from you. You're not our starter because they've gotten some guys. Remember what's the what's the kid's name who intercepted the ball versus the Titans? That's the guy who took his spot. Uh, Fifty one. I don't remember his name. So he, so he's playing well, and they go, we're sticking with these guys, and he goes, well, <laughs> no, nah, we can't do that. And so they go, well. That's how we're going to roll. Yeah, well, that's not how I roll. <laughs> let me go. Well, they let him go. Um, they did. So he's going to be out there. Uh, you know, it's a crap show over there anyway. Let's just be honest. I mean, nobody is talking about Deshaun Watson's just sitting there. The NFL has done nothing as far as punishment. The team is letting him sit on the bench. He's not even playing. Guess what? I would dare the NFL now at this point, if I'm the Texans, because I'd be that pissed off uh, that they didn't punish him uh, for any reasons. That way I wouldn't have to pay some of his $30 million salary. I would put him on the field. I would. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm about to sell this product a little bit more going down the stretch for next year. And I'm going to get three first rounds for him if he doesn't get punishment uh, from the court system because you guys aren't going to do anything. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's how I would, I was, yeah, yeah. What, what do you? I mean, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Well, he make it get hurt. Oh wow. Ooh, that's, yeah, well, sorry, that happened. Yeah, his somebody at one of the NFL reporters tweeted about this. Um, somebody basically tweeted that I don't know Field Yates or one of those Tom Palacero, one of those dudes who is an NFL insider type guy, and said, "How in the world?" Could you leave an unpunished guy for what they're paying him on the bench all year and not paying him? Actually, actually, I knew it was it was Mike Gennetti of Spot Track who's going to join us next. Yeah. And they said for what they're paying him, and and Mike Gennetti said this. Essentially, his uh, cap hit this year uh, for twenty twenty one is let's see, it was base salary this year is ten million. His base salary this year. Is ten million five hundred. His base salary next year is thirty five million. He essentially said it's a lot easier to pallet it this year than next year. Meaning, well, they gave him money up front, so I mean they yeah. can size it all they want to. Yep. It's more than ten million this year. His yearly cash. Well, his cash this year was was ten and a half million. So he got he got it up front last year right, with the new deal. Uh, so his cap hit this year. But anyway, um, and I'm consistent in my thoughts because I said the same thing. We had Marcus on the roster. And they, uh, that's when he was the last uh, year of his 
uh, big option. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, man, I can't have a guy sitting over making, you know, 15, 20 million. He's just standing there. Yep. Uh-uh. Find yeah. something for him to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They did a little bit. Uh, the they, did. they did as much as they could do. They Ten really with did. Guy and they used him as a gadget guy. They uh, did. I was cool with that. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, uh, he may close. not have been. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you got, to, you got to get in the game, and I, I feel like uh, you helped the team out, and uh, you're not just sitting there collecting uh, huge chunks of uh, checks you know, because you underperformed yeah, as the, a quarterback. The, the Deshaun Watson thing. Um, I think the hearing is something, something's supposed to be starting in January. That's what I'm understanding. But man, this is a weird deal. I don't think I ever recall anything like this. Well, usually the, the NFL usually do, you know, they step in. Yeah. 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 I mean, Goodell's the sheriff, right? Yeah. He usually rules on yeah, something. I think somebody took his badge. Man, I wonder who that is, too. Say, hey, man, you need to pump the brakes on these punishments. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't fight back. He didn't, he didn't clap back. <laughs> That's what they say. Um, it, literally, if you Google like Zach Cunningham waivers, or if you Twitter search it, that's a, if you're on if you're on Twitter. If you're not, uh, you can go still go to Twitter.com. You could search something, I believe. Every team, every fan base, every site that there, Basically they should side. make a claim right now. Make a claim right now. The the Lions could use him. The Raiders could use him. Oh, that's who would do it. The the, 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 the Lions, the last. You think, oh man, we got a shot in the line. Well, nah, we gonna take him. We'll even take the ten million guarantee for injury next year. Here's the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, here's a Titans fan. They've got a. They've got a. Oh, uh, try to claim Zach Cunningham. This is one of the times oh, where it's man. like it's great to be good. But the Titans are like the fifth seed in the NFL right now. So, I mean, you have. He has to make it through waivers. 26 teams. If he makes it through waivers and doesn't wind up here, I. I oh, if he I makes wouldn't, it. If, I wouldn't be shy. I know. But, I mean, because they may be thinking, oh, well, we got a couple of linebackers going to be back in another week or two. What are we going to do with him? Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, 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 think about next year. Yeah. You got other guys on the roster that you're thinking about next year. <laughs> um, uh, Jay on the Zone TV chat says, and he would get to play the Texans. Yep, right at the end. <laughs> Boy, you talking about pissed off. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Dallas says, uh, Dallas has been active in the Zone TV chat. I like that because then you let Evans and Brown walk. You have Cunningham and Long and Monty Rice and Cole in the back end. He said, ooh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said he clears waivers at three. There is a transaction deadline, 3 o'clock Central. Oh. So we'll get our crack staff on that and see what we can find out. Actually, I I, I know who we can ask all this to. In just a few minutes, Mike Giannetti. He's oh, going to join us next. The Spot Track guy. We'll ask him all these questions and more because he joins us next. I'm Blaine and Mickey. Don't go anywhere. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Mike Giannetti of Spot Track will join us here. But first, let's give something away, Titans fans. It's Titan Ticket Thursdays. Each Thursday before home games, you got a chance to win a pair of tickets to see your Tennessee Titans face off against their remaining 2021 home opponents at Nissan Stadium. Thanks to Kentucky Legend. I'm a big fan of Kentucky Legend, by the way. Uh, be caller number five now. You can see the Titans play this old hated Jaguars on Sunday. 615-737-1045. Caller five. For more information on Titans Ticket Thursday presented by Kentucky Duval. Legend, visit 1045thezone.com. Yeah. Duval, man. Duval. Yeah. There's not a lot of hype around the Jaguars, you know, and they, it's, a, it's a home game. It's always a lot of hype around Spot Track, though. Oh, yeah.
Now he's not from Duval. He's calling the. He's calling from somewhere much further north. Mike Giannetti joins us now. Mike, how in the world are you doing, man? How are you? Doing great. Yeah, cranking away here on Spot Track for sure. Always. <laughs> hey, one of our favorite websites. You get referenced on this show probably at least once a day, if not more than that. We're big fans. Uh, founder and editor of Spot Track, Mike Giannetti joins us now. So we were talking about this guy. He played college football at Vanderbilt, Zach Cunningham, and then he played for a rival, the Texans, and they decide to cut him loose. And it seemed like there were conflicting reports, Mike, because people said, well, gosh, you don't owe him hardly any money for the end of this season. He's going to get claimed really quickly on waivers. And others were saying something along the lines of he's got a $10 million injury guarantee or something that remains, even though his salaries aren't guaranteed. What's the full 411 here on Zach Cunningham? Yeah, both are true. So it's about two, 275000 for the rest of this year, but there is a $10 million injury guarantee for next year's salary. So there's risk, and that's certainly part of why Houston cut bait here, you know, the toss in the disciplinarian actions too. But it's, uh, it's going to be a risk, and I think it's probably worth it to just let this thing get through waivers and then sign him to your one-year minimum contract for the rest of the year, which is basically the exact same price without the 2022 risk. So, you know, t- the contenders will be looking. There's no question about it, but – I do think that 2022 salary uh, is probably too risky to take on at this point. All right. See, I knew if we went to the source here, we'd have our information. But if he makes it through waivers, if he gets past Detroit, that is, because they may, <laughs> they may be the one team, you know, Mike, that may take that risk. But, well, uh, they're hot now. They're hot. <laughs> uh, well, they, well, one one in a row. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, is, it is Detroit. Though, but. Uh, the salary cap next year going to be two oh eight point two million. I guess that was the most it could be the way things are structured. The first time the cap has crossed the two hundred million uh, dollar barrier. Were you ultimately surprised with that number, or does that sound exactly where you thought it would be? No, not surprised. It's uh, it's never going to surprise me that the NFL bounced right back to where you know where it started. Uh, I think it was reckless to drop that salary cap at all, to be honest with you, because uh, this money was always going to be there. This revenue was always going to be here. So um, we're back on track with where we should have been two years ago, and uh, it's all full steam ahead now with this TV money coming. What do you think it's going to – just before I pass you over to Blaine, what do you think it'll be next year? Good question. I think we'll get back on track with this $10 million up per year. Okay. I, I don't think you want to balloon it uh, one big time. I mean, obviously, they're ballooning it this year because of circumstances. But I think getting back on that $10 million increase per year is a good move. It's something that GMs can budget. And I think it keeps you know, most positions resetting themselves every single year, which is ultimately what you want. Mike Gennetti, Spot Track, here with us on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Mike, when you look at the Titans' salary cap, and I'm sure you do this daily uh, with everybody's cap, uh, uh, being a numbers guy and everything, what stands out? And when I'm saying that, I'm talking about who may get cut, who may get restructured, reduced, based off of what you see, you know, at, at different positions, depending on who they are. Uh, what do you think would be the tack or, you know, I guess, uh, way to go about the Titans roster going into next season? Yeah, so when you factor in draft and, and tenders mm-hmm. and some of the younger guys, you know, you're not much more than cap neutral right now. You know, you can easily spend up about 20 to $25 million in those kind of players without even trying. So uh, to me, the biggest question is going to be Ryan Tannehill. Do you want to, to restructure that contract and that big $29 million salary next year into a signing bonus that certainly clears a ton of cap space, but also basically guarantees him another one to two years on this, on this deal. So um, what, where they want to be with him over the next two to three to four years we're going to find out really early in March based on what they do with that kind of contract there. So that's step one. 
I'd have the same conversation with Derrick Henry and probably the same conversation with Bud Dupree. Uh, I think all three of those are major restructure candidates. And, uh, you know, doing so basically guarantees one more year versus what they would have had at the initially signing. So to me, you can, you can get yourself almost $20 million saved right there with those three contracts fully restructured next year on those base salaries. So to me, they're in good shape, and they can be in really good shape if they take care of some of those higher contracts next year. Oh man, I love hearing that. So when uh, you know Mickey was talking about Sappho's and, and Lawan's contract, mm-hmm. let alone you got Harold Landry who'll be up. Maybe they franchise tag him and hold him for another year. But uh, what do you think? You know their direction with those guys would be. I think that's exactly right for Landry. It seems I'd want to see it one more time and uh, kind of slow play that a little bit. I, I'd probably push to get Jeffrey Simmons done this offseason. Uh, that's not going away, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think. And 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 you don't want to be a uh, you don't want to let other markets kind of reset themselves around you if you can get it done this year. So I'd, I'd take some of that some of that cap situation in 2023, which you know is going to be a good price, and, and push Jeffrey Simmons with a big cap number in 2023, but get it done this offseason first. So, uh, you know, Landry on a one-year deal sounds about right. Uh, I'd do Simmons for sure. What do you do with A.J. Brown next year? Right, right. Uh, the injuries are starting to pile up. That's a contract you probably should extend because that franchise tag is going to be high. It's going to remain high with these wide receiver salaries. So can you get a little bit of value with a multi-year extension for Brown next year? Uh, There's a lot of moving parts here. There's no question about it, but they've been really good at retaining just enough to stay relevant in the AFC. And I think they'll do it again this year. Based off some of the free agent signings, who, or maybe not even that, maybe even draft picks, who gives you the best bang for your buck right now for the money that they're making? Hmm. Positionally, you mean? Yeah, positionally, it doesn't matter. What yeah, that's a good question. Look, anytime you can get good fair market value price on, on defensive backs, anyone in the secondary, I think that's where we're seeing really good value. I thought, you know, what the Browns did with, with you know, John Johnson and those kind of players, uh-huh. and really what the Bills did a couple of years ago with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, uh, we've seen that happen now three to four iterations of free agency where teams have literally rebuilt their secondaries on the fly either via the trade or through free agency at, at pretty good prices. You know, it, it's when you get into those high, high, high trades, like a Jamal Adams or a Jalen Ramsey, where teams really get stuck with contracts they don't want to be in necessarily. So I think the secondary is a good spot for, for uh, free agent pickups. And, and look, the, the edge rusher, which I, I can't believe we're here, but you're finding value. I mean, the Matt Junai contract is value for New England right now. It's certainly what, what they were going to pay anyway, but uh, we're seeing some guys who maybe have some, some red flags with injuries or some red flags just because they had a bad year and they didn't have 10 sacks or something like that that maybe put them on, on notice where you, can, you don't have to pay upwards of $20 million for that kind of player anymore. You can live in the 13 to $16 million mark, and that's really good because the cap's going up and up. Oh, man, so, so then you're getting a steal then with Jackrabbit. I don't know what his number is at. I think $7, 8000000 million per year, so that's kind of – the going rate because I don't know what they paid the, the guys in Buffalo. What were they? I know they're safeties, but they started at seven and and, and, and two contracts later they're not even at ten. So oh. that's what I mean because because they're going to age out. You know they're going to age mm-hmm. out. They're not going to be twenty five and twenty six and, and looking to be paid in their prime. So you're taking uh, quantity in contracts versus one big blockbuster contract. And I think that's the right approach for a lot of these positions going forward. Yeah. I love hearing that. So when I, you know, Byard is having an all pro season, do you give him some more money up front to maybe loosen his cap number? I don't know what his number is, but it seems like that. Yeah, he's up there. He's, he's the second mm-hmm. biggest cap on the, on the team right now for 2022. So uh, he's in that conversation with Tannehill, with Henry, with, with you know, with, with that kind of restructure noise. 
I don't know if I go four full restructured contracts. So maybe I take two of the four and do full restructures. You just don't want to deal with too much dead cap down the line even though that's something teams are uh, you know, caring less and less about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I guess one more question for me real quick. Tell us the rules of the salary cap. And, and I'm saying it broadly because, like, you know, what happens if they reach, you know, certain requirements? You know, you always hear that they have to spend a certain amount of money. Then if mm-hmm. not, if there's a penalty. Kind of take us down this road of the, of the rules of the cap that they have to follow. Because sometimes I just I don't know if they're following them or not. Yeah, it's a good question. There's, there's a floor, uh, and it's kind of a, 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 an evolution of a floor with this, with this recent CBA. So mm-hmm. every two years, that floor is going to change over the next 10 years based on the CBA structure. But basically, you know, on, on average, teams have to spend 90% of the cap over a two-year, over a two-year window. So you don't necessarily have oh, to go all in on years. one year. Okay. You, can, you can go a little bit down this year and then a little bit up next year, and if it averages out properly, you're going to be just fine. So it's a multi-year kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I actually think is the right approach because there's certain years certain teams shouldn't be spending a lot of money, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that should be okay. So I, uh, I think most teams have done a good job. And to be honest, you know, we, we deal with all the sports here. The NFL is probably the, the, the sport that I'm least concerned with in terms of spending and competitive advantage. It's uh, it's for the most part, even the bad teams spend money, and they try to get back up to the top as quickly as possible. So if I had to compare them to other sports, I think this is probably the sport that's doing the, the, the best in that regard. If they don't reach their requirements, what are the actual penalties? Like, Does the league monitor? I mean, who's monitoring these you know, teams to make sure that they do exactly that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of accountants. You wouldn't have an NFL without accountants. Right. So, sure. so <laughs> what are those penalties? Because it's, it's weird that – the NFL and every team is trying to navigate and circumvent the rules. Let's just say New England, and they, nobody's been caught for taking, you know, a given, taking a draft pick away or getting penalized or, or anything. Because I, I always feel like nobody's spending up to the amount. But you said it's two years instead of one. Yeah, and, and that's going to change over the next few years with that CBA, like I said. But, uh, yeah, it, you're right. It's draft picks. It's financial fines. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's the usual suspects when it comes to, to disciplining teams. But, it just we just don't see it a lot, and a lot of right. times there's a bit of a revenue share with it, so so you can have it trickle down a little oh, bit. That's okay. what baseball's pushing for right now. Uh-huh. You know, baseball's pushing big for the big teams to spend more, so that the, so that the smaller teams can kind of benefit from yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the, you know, the, the rules are there, but like I said, the NFL, especially now ten years into this hard cap, which is where we are now, teams have really figured this out, and and they're they're riding that line really really thinly, especially New in, you know New Orleans and Philadelphia, those kind of teams, but they do it with. Uh, with legality. We're on with co-founder of Spoketrack, uh, Mike Gennetti. So, Mike, let me ask you this. You were talking about some of the, the Titans candidates for restructuring. Uh, who are the guys when you look at the Titans roster and, and you think, boy, that's a cut candidate right there? And I ask that because Titans fans keep bringing up, for instance, the contract of a Taylor Lewan or the, the contract yeah. of a, a Roger Saffold when you look at their cap number versus their dead cap number. Both. Either one of those would save you over $10 million if you parted company with those guys. One of the two is going to be on that list for me, uh, just because of the age and the contract and, and where we are from a production standpoint. I, I hate doing that. I hate putting starting offensive linemen on the cup block because they're such a, I mean, commodity. Teams want more, not less of those kind of players. But 
when it, when it comes down to the contract number, you, you probably cut bait and try to sign back certain players yeah. at, at a smaller number. That's where we are with a lot of this. But that, those two are definitely on this list. Outside of that, look, you've got a lot of rookie contracts. It's, yeah. it's a good mix of contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do with Julio Jones? Uh, that's that's going to be a question mark for me because the cap hit right now is 14 and change next year. That's high for a guy who's half a season player and has been for a couple of years. So what do you do with that one? Uh, you know, Dupree's high next year, but you're going to restructure that for sure. Outside of that, everybody's under seven, six, five million dollars for next year in terms of their cap hits. So to me, it's about adding dollars, less less subtracting dollars right now, and, and maybe that means they're going to be active in free agency. Um, well, let's talk about a couple guys who oh, I guess they're not free agents based on their contract, but there does seem to be a lot of speculation where they might wind up talking about quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. What's your gut feeling on those two guys? Both move. Uh, I really think we're there. I think it's not, uh, you know, the hot stove anymore. I think we're, we're certainly there regardless of what happens in Green Bay. My gut feeling says he's on the move. Uh, and certainly with, with Wilson, I think the team is making that decision kind of for him right now. I think, you know, Coaching change, quarterback change, maybe more changes in Seattle at the end of this season. Um, you know, so big time trades and then big time contract restructures coming for both those players. It's going to be a heck of an off season in that regard. And it's funny because people keep. Uh, I, I've heard more than one person mention, "Gosh, you know, Russell Wilson with the Saints wouldn't that be a good marriage?" I looked uh, on on Spot Track right now. <laughs> if you look at next, if you look at twenty twenty two cap. New Orleans is minus sixty nine million in cap space, minus and change. So, what in the world are they going to do? They've been dragging these contracts behind them now for years. Well, I'm in the camp of that's exactly where I think he should go. So, uh, look, if we put it this way in perspective, the Saints were minus one hundred and ten starting last year. So, you know, they're in a way better spot this year than they were oh, last yeah. year. But look, look. <laughs> Uh, they're going to subtract again, and they are the restructure kings. They are the cap gymnastics kings. So, yes, that's a scary number, but you bring Russell Wilson in for X draft picks and a couple of players that, you know, take that cap down a little bit, and then you redo his contract, and he's sitting there with an $8 million cap right next year, not a 37. So uh, they're going to make that work. Uh, I, I really do think that's the landing spot for Wilson. I think the Sean Payton situation is a nice fit for him. But, yeah, you look at the numbers right now, and it doesn't make any sense. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you got a gut feeling on him? Yeah, but look, the Broncos sure are loading up like they know something's coming. I mean, they're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're extending everybody they can to build that weaponry properly for him to get Ooh. drop it in and go like they did with Peyton Manning. So it looks and smells like they're they're expecting some sort of veteran quarterback to drop onto that roster. So that, that'd be my guess right now. Man, Mike Gennetti, your spot track, just, just dropping the knowledge here on us. Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I guess we'll finish up with uh, yours truly, Major League Baseball. Tell us what they're negotiating oh, on both sides and, and who's not happy with what. I'm not happy because I'm a huge <laughs> baseball fan. And oh, really? Who's your favorite I'm team? I'm here uh, twiddling my thumbs, not, not being able to do anything with this league right now. So I, I, I think we're in for a long one here, unfortunately. Yeah. There's a lot to get to. You know, the competitive disadvantage stuff I talked about where you have half the league tanking, that's prob- probably priority number one. You have a middle class that's just not getting paid. You've got, you know, a 1% that's up into the 40 million mark now. And a lot of guys on minimum contracts who have six years of, of team control before they can get their payday. That's a big, big problem. That's going to take a long time to fix, in my opinion. So even if we just start there and we don't even get into expanded playoffs and, and, and you know, minor leagues and how bad that is and all that stuff. To me, you got a couple of months just to really hammer this thing out and maybe get to some sort of 
you know, tentative resolution just to get this season going. But look, we just had the biggest November and one of the biggest free agent booms in the history of the sport in, in November. So, you know, the teams are willing to spend and there's some nice teams kind of put together here now after that, after that big rush. So I just want to see it get back to where we can see it on the field now because it's been a fun couple of weeks here. Hey, I wanted to hit you with one more on the way out. Um, part of, of the salary cap going backwards last year was, oh, you know, the seven, eight-year vet who, who makes three or four million dollars that essentially that slot was gone for teams, yeah. that they would just have to do something with a rookie or, or something like that. Does the increase, because essentially this is the $10 million increase from the cap two years ago, I, I guess is one way to look at it. Does this, Mike? Does this bring back like the the seven year guy making four million again? Two things. A, a yes, the big jump up is to me a proof of strength in this league that we should never have to have that conversation again. We bounced back in eighteen months better than ever. And, and two, one of the reasons that players were able to get paid last year, and if you look at Tampa Bay alone, right, all those guys that got brought back, if you look at them on our site and how those contracts were structured. It's a five-year, an eight-year, a nine-year, you know, million-dollar deal for one year, but there's four void years, so it looks like a five-year deal. The guy got his money, team got cap-friendly situations, and everybody moves forward into next season. That's how this has to happen now. Now that this is now that the cat's out of the bag for almost every single team, that this is what they can do and are willing to do when the timing is right. If I'm an agent, this is exactly what I'm pushing for. Uh, you can give me five million, and you can spread it out over five, and my cap hit's going to be you know one and a half this year for you. And everybody's happy. So I, I do think those two things combined should be better news for those seven, eight-year vets. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Mike. Well, I, I guess last year, you know, a kid who played at Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker, kind of take us through, like, I, I know you may not know a situation where they, the team said uh, he didn't pass the physical. His agent, big-time agent, says he did. He had numerous, you know, doctors looked at his elbow and said he was fine. Uh, you know, so I guess he didn't get a contract. But can uh, this be prevented with, you know, being part of this negotiations? You're talking to the right guy because I'm a huge Mets fan. Always have been. So oh, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. <laughs> what uh, happened? I was devastated. I was devastated when they made the pick because I kind of saw this coming and then obviously devastated when it happened. But, yeah, I think it's just uh, the Mets making a bad decision. Everybody else had the medicals right. And the Mets took a chance on the fact that they were going to be strong enough and good enough and powerful enough to sort of will him to sign regardless of how this looked. And, uh, look, they get a draft pick out of it, so it's not like we have to cry about it too much. But th this kind of stuff happens maybe once every five years in the first round. It's, it's rare. It's not something because there's, you know, everything's out there. There's video. There's analytics. We know what's happening. And, and we know the pulse of these players, whether they want to be with this team or not. So I don't know if this is something the CBA needs to fix. I just think it's, a, it's kind of a, a bonehead move by the Mets. Mm. Wow. Yeah, there well, we got you. You know you're a Mets fan now. Poor you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the white good days are over, right? Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... Hey, it's the Christmas season, Mike, and you just filled our socks with knowledge here, man. Thank you so much. Fantastic visit, and uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. You hit it hey, my pleasure, guys. Happy holidays. Appreciate yeah. it. Mets fan did it straight out of the park. Uh, SpotTrack.com. Seriously, it is the it is the unbridled champion of contract knowledge, but he's great for opinions and stuff, too. So he writes, he tweets at Spot Track. You need to follow this guy for all that information. All right, Blaine and Mickey, Thanks, uh, be back with more after this. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. 
Man, a little Metallica. Good with my garden of vegetable uh, soup from your my vegetable medley soup that you're yeah, having. Yeah, this is great. This is, Metallica works perfect. <laughs> I saw Metallica for the first time on the Master of Puppets tour. Well, I've never seen them. Uh, I got to say, it scared the living daylights out of me, and I was so drawn to it. I, I mean, I was like, more, more. They were so mm-hmm. loud and so terrifying. I just it, never, I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, they were just so heavy. And <laughs> it was terrifying. Yes, it was terrifying. So when you go to, you know, the haunted house, is that terrifying? Uh, it was a different kind of terrifying. <laughs> it's a different kind of terrifying. Yeah, because I didn't know there's two different kind of terrifying. I mean, they just, they were singing about some subject matter <laughs> that I was not, uh, you know, previously familiar with. But uh, I knew a little bit about Metallica, but not too much. I went to see Ozzy and they opened for Ozzy. And well, so, I've seen them on TV, of course, but yeah, I haven't seen them. You've been to a lot of different concerts. I've been to a lot of different concerts. I played a lot of different concerts. Unfortunately, I never opened for Metallica. What was your first concert you went to? Do you remember? Oh, I remember like it was yesterday. What what was it? It was the Commodores. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I expected. That's not what I expected. It was the Commodores and a band called Zap. A man behind the screen, uh, the, the window there is like... Commodores? Vanderbilt? Lucas, do you know who the Commodores are? I do not know who the Commodores are. I do. Are. Like you know who Lionel Richie is? <laughs> yeah. Is that his band? That was his, his band, Lionel Richie. <laughs> I did not know that. What you year was this? What year was this? You know the song Brick House? Oh, of course. That's the Commodores. Okay. Come on, ding dong. Okay. Although, although no. that's He's their most... He's pretty though, being a youngster. But no, yeah. Lucas is an old yeah. soul. I can't believe you don't know them. Yeah, no. I, I'm curious what Blaine's first concert was, though. Uh, I, I don't recall. <laughs> oh, come on. Although the irony of the Commodores, their most recognizable song is one that Lionel uh, Richie did not sing. Clyde Orange, the drummer, sang Brick House. Really? Yes. Lionel Richie didn't sing that one. That's yeah. awesome. Mine was I, I Elton John. To to music. We Elton were... John? My dad Elton took John me was your first one? Fifth grade, my dad took me to Elton John. My no, first I, I, went, I went to Michael Jackson. What? That's awesome. <laughs> that was my first. I've known you all this time. Yeah, yeah that was my first one. I think it what? was. What? I was like 17. Is it Market Square Arena? There in uh, Indianapolis, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I couldn't believe it. What year you think? Ooh, oh, oh, gonna, oh, I don't know. I want to say well, like, don't timestamp it. Be careful here. I don't know. Definitely, <laughs> 80, definitely, definitely 80s. Yeah, you know, it was like a big deal because you know, I, I, you know, that was a little extracurricular activity that uh, wasn't in the budget. So, <laughs> so that was a huge deal for me. I, I, like as a kid, I don't. Rec- we didn't have a professional team there. The coach didn't move there until I got to high school. So I never went to a pro game, even when the Colts got there. Uh, so I, my first pro game going to was uh, the one I played in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so you go to that now. It tells you what how big this concert was. Mm-hmm. But that concert was big for any time, like a Michael Jackson. I never yeah, saw it was the Michael. one he had it. It was a big long thing that was out over the crowd, and he would stand on this thing. I mean, it was lit up, and it was like it was narrow, but it was. It just looked like it was. I don't remember what year that was. But. I bet he moonwalked and robotted and just yeah. got down for the entirety. I, I saw New Edition too, so it was between those two. Yeah, okay, New Edition. So that that was that was it. Okay. Late eighties MJ would that have been like bad and I don't know. Am I am I a little too late? Oh, there? I don't know. I don't think so. Man, that's still a wow. That, yeah, I, I, when I went, I went to the the big ones. Yeah, that, yeah, I never saw Michael Jackson. I saw everybody. I never saw him. Oh. Bad came out in 87, so I wonder if it was that. Yeah, that's why I said it might have been them or New Edition, but it was those two was the only ones I went to while I was in high school. 
Jeez. Um, see, I was more of a metal guy. Like, I saw the Scorpions, and they were so loud, I couldn't hear the phone ring the next day because the ringing in my ears oh. was the same frequency as the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 my mom wouldn't let me listen to the, uh, music on the, in the radio. Did she think it was was she one of those like the devils in the music or or just oh no no okay because no. I I grew up with kids who their parents were like the rock music well, is the devil you, you would start singing actually song uh, you know the song and it had all these cuss words in it and okay. everything else she was like those people don't know what they're talking about well she was right about a lot of that <laughs> I don't know man but we'd be probably listening to some heavy metal or something I don't know we were we're listening to the like the the rap stations was not on the agenda but you couldn't really cuss in those days they had to be creative with how they said things oh i don't they, know i mean if, if you, you had let the, me listen on radio the explicit sticker then now it's like a badge of honor everybody has it everything's got something bleeped out in those days it was if a if a song had a curse word in it it was a big deal when we used to listen to radio radio it used to be on the road again i can't <laughs> wait to get on the road again that's, a classic, man. that's what that's what like type of music i would listen to that's some good stuff <laughs> he was like this is people and i peaceful and i go man this is so boring <laughs> he's saying the same words the entire song <sighs> yeah i just sit there and didn't say nothing and I grew up. My mother listened. To, my <laughs> That's mother what listened. We be listening to. My mother listened to soul music. So I grew up. I could. I could stay up late on Saturday night and watch Soul Train. I thought Don Cornelius should have been the president of the United States of America. I thought he was the greatest person walking the earth. Was Don Cornelius? That's why I'm a bass player because I grew up listening to funk and soul music. Now I tradition into metal later, but we listened to WDIA in Memphis, which is an AM soul station that would. You could microwave a chicken with that thing in Harrisburg, Arkansas. The signal was so strong. Oh, yeah. I was listening to that in the oh, house. Oh, man. We had the radio station. Mm-mm. It was like, boom. Like, nah, this is time to interact and have conversation. Yeah. we. Yeah, I was exactly. like, I'm, we didn't mm-hmm. do a lot of conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, I was whipping and running. I played every sport known to man. And, then, you know, so she wants to talk, you know, because when I get home and sleep, eat, go to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. Well, I was playing sports, too, just poorly. <laughs> Same. Well, 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 your parents would let you listen to the radio. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, no. But oh, you weren't. No, you weren't listening on the road again. Huh? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I respect the song, but that's not what we were doing. Right there. Yeah. Somebody asked my mom once, "Who was your favorite Beatle?" And she said, "Otis Redding." So no, <laughs> that's no. How, oh no, she was dead serious about about what she listened to. Oh yeah, we were dead serious about soul music at our house. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Uh, wow, that was an unexpected turn. A uh, little, little walk down memory lane. Blaine was singing Willie Nelson and seeing yeah, Michael see, Jackson in concert. See, you, you, you don't judge a book by its cover. No, do not. <laughs> and Lucas seen Elton John. By the way, uh, Din for you just threw this in his own TV chat. Elvis was first concert. Oh, oh and it, yeah, tweet that out. Matter of fact, who who was your first concert? That that's man, that's that, a memorable that, moment. All of us kind of remember. For me, that. growing up, Elvis. That was my mom. That is all. That was your mom, huh? To. That is all she oh, listened to. Oh man, that's really good. I was watching the Brady Bunch and eating a peanut butter sandwich and a bag of Doritos. <laughs> when they came on Action News Five in Memphis, Tennessee, and said the king of rock and roll had died. Yeah, my mom talks about that all the time. She went into in Brazil at her school. She went into the bathroom and bawled her eyes out. When that news came out. Bad. Yep. Nineteen seventy-seven, uh, which apparently Din for you saw his oh, last was, concert was Din's first Market thought, Square Arena. Oh, that's where I'm from. I June was June twenty-six, nineteen seventy-seven. I was only two. Yeah, you were baby. <laughs> Getting ready for that Michael Jackson show. All right, hour number two coming up. Uh, 
Ben McKee is going to join us from uh, VolQuest and Swain Event. Got a lot of Vol stuff to get to. Also, as Blaine said, hit us on Twitter and Zone TV chat, uh, at Blaine and Mickey, or uh, let us know what your first concert was. Never judge a book by its cover. We'll be back.